I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in to another week and another edition of Brewcast. I am Luke Yardy, joined as always by my co-hosts Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. Big week as we head into the Big Ten tournament. Obviously have to get uh, go through Saturday's game against Michigan State, the regular season finale for the Wolverines. But we're into the month of March now. It's conference tournament time. We've got the big dance coming up. Guys, how are you today? You feel like spring a little bit? It's feeling like spring up here in the in the UP. Just got back today. Sun shining, and I'm loving the feeling. Yeah, I right before we recorded here, recording a little bit different this week. The girls did their show on Monday. We're recording here on Tuesday, so probably up Tuesday night, early Wednesday, whenever. But uh, just before I recorded, took the dog for a walk. Um, I was like almost very close to like just opening the windows in the house for just a little bit. Uh, it's only 43, but it's sunny out. It's, it's not too cold. Uh, I, I'm digging it. I, I think I feel like we're turning a corner here. Yeah, it's starting to not be so terrible outside. Uh, it's, it was really nice today for sure. Yeah, like you said, and, and I'm not not so much opening windows, opening blinds, letting some sun in. It's uh, it's not bad. It's I mean, we're, we're nine days away from official spring, which is never actually spring, but still. Yeah, it's we never get first of all the groundhog always lies that dirty dog i swear to god but yeah uh march uh you know march what 21st never never actually spring but we've got the tournament coming up to kind of ease the pain a little bit the big ted tournament this week but first we got to go into saturday night obviously and i'll be honest with you i'm still pissed off about saturday night and me and anthony we diff we differ on our opinions on this uh chris i don't know exactly where you lie but i think that officiating and free throws is what cost michigan that game and i'll explain why but i'll, I'll definitely let uh, anthony and chris give give their views uh, before i go into it yeah, well, I mean, right off the bat, that game sucked. It was it was hard to watch. Even when they had the lead in the first half, uh, it just kind of felt – it just had a bad feeling throughout the, the night. And uh, I don't know. It's That's why I don't like night games because night games have the potential – like night games are too close to bed. So then you kind of go to bed pissed off and annoyed and all of that. Um, yeah. I will say this, uh, not that I got over the lot, but like Sunday I did some like major retail therapy. Like I dropped way too much money on like vinyl and things like that. And I felt better about myself after that. But um, I think I've come to the realization that I maybe cursed this team a couple months ago when I said I felt like they were a, a pretty safe bet to make a deep tournament run because quite honestly, they've played like garbage since then. Yeah, I mean, off and on. Uh, as far as Saturday's game, you know, it was. I don't know. On a, on a, like on a, on a heartbreak scale of one to ten, it's like a five. But it's just I don't know, living here, living where I do. Um, 
you know, the next, like, and working on Saturday and Sunday and just seeing so many people so happy that Michigan State won. Uh, it's just it's just miserable. And, and you it, sound so defeated, Chris. It, it's just well, annoying. It wasn't and, a, and, and it's I, not a heartbreak. It was a kick in the groin. Yeah, and maybe that's a, that's a better way to put it because the season's not over. Obviously, you know, a new season is going is beginning very soon. But uh, I, I, it's the. It's the way they lost it, and obviously losing a, a really close game at the buzzer might hurt more, but there's something about being demoralized the way that Michigan was in that second half that just really, really stung. And the fact that I think uh, Michigan did so many things right in the first half, um, and... I, as much as I feel like they should have been leading by a lot more at halftime, I'm like, hey, six-point lead into half. They're playing pretty well. They're hitting their shots. Brad's Dacus has been out of his mind. Uh, they're playing well. And then the second half, uh, they got down, and then they just kind of got shell-shocked. I mean, there were a lot of factors that played into that. Um, there, another thing that's just demoralizing is just when you can't stop a player which Michigan just wasn't able to do in the second half with Cassius Winston. And that's it's not like it was somebody who came out of nowhere. I mean, it's the best player in the Big Ten. It's a first-team All-American. But, um, you know, guarding him tight and him just throwing in basically every shot at will. And then uh, ultimately it turns out to basically be a blowout and you become uh, – you become the victim at that point. You're you're the team that is there when all MSU seniors are kissing the the are kissing center court and confetti is dropping and Izzo's crying and it just sucks. It's just terrible. So I mean, it, there's still a lot more basketball left to be played. Ideally, um, or maybe not. Ideally, we'll see. Um, the, these two teams w- could play again. Uh, on Sunday and, and hopefully Michigan would come out on top there. But um, yeah, this is, this is a Michigan team that's in a tough spot right now. And I, I brought up in, in the video I made on Twitter afterwards is um, this is a team that is ha- that seems to have a lot of trouble uh, bouncing back after uh, falling behind. Now they brought this up on the broadcast as well, that this is also a team that, for the most part, uh, does not relinquish leads. But when they get behind, they just seem to freeze, and that's what we saw on on Saturday. So, you know, uh, watching the game in, in real time, um, you know, me and Anthony, we, we disagreed on uh, a couple things on, you know, whether or not. See, here's the thing about, you know, the quote-unquote blaming officials thing. That, that I get and that I I see it and it, it kind of upsets me sometimes because there's a there's kind of a stigma that we've you know we've created a culture where if you blame the refs you sound like sour grapes and whatnot and I get it sometimes it is like that but if you don't believe that officiating can you know impact the outcomes of basketball games i encourage you if you haven't yet to go read espn's long form article on tim donahy in the nba where he made a number of people hundreds of million dollars millions of dollars over the course of a decade because he was alone himself able to impact the outcomes of basketball games like uh, officiating has a plays a huge role in the way games go, you know, and not even sometimes it's not even an outright thing. It's just, you know, how the flow is interrupted. Maybe some guys pick up some different fouls. But in this situation, it was putting points on the board for Michigan State that they didn't deserve. Michigan came out as hot as possible. Michigan should have went into halftime up 20 at least, at minimum. And you just mentioned it, Chris. Michigan probably isn't going to relinquish a 20-point lead. I don't care if it's at the Breslin Center. I don't care if you're playing the damn Harlem Globetrotters. Michigan probably isn't relinquishing a 20-point lead. 
in the second half to Michigan State. They should have been up 20. The thing that gets me is is you had guys that were red hot. Brasdakis, he was hot. Simpson early on was playing well. Jordan Poole was playing well early in that first half, and they had a good thing. Not only did Brasdakis have to go to the bench, Simpson had to go to the bench. Um, you know, Brasdakis played like seven minutes left, less than his season average. Um, this Michigan State shot 15 more free throws in the first half than Michigan. To let you know just how ridiculous that might be. So Michigan ranks sixth in the country in personal fouls. Sixth in the country. I just, I just want to They're go on the averaging, record and say that right now I'm picturing this as like the Charlie, it's always sunny gift where he's got the cigarette and he's got the strings on the board and all yeah. that. <laughs> Pepe yeah. Sylvia moment. Yeah. It's uh so they average 14 fouls a game. They had 20 on Saturday. Free throws and free throw attempts allowed. They rank seventh in the country in sending their opponent to the line. You want to know how many times, how many free throws Michigan opponents average per game? You guys want to take a stab? I, 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 this is your argument. I want you to set it all up. Hey. They average 13.9 free throw attempts per game. Michigan State shot 18 in the first half. In the first half, Michigan teams allow 14 free throw attempts per game. Michigan shot three free throws in that first half. They were gifting Michigan State points, and that was the only reason. I mean, freaking Foster Lawyer went down like a damn toddler because Xavier Simpson held his hand. Cassius Winston went out of his way to jump into Castleton, who was trying to get out of the way. They called the foul. It, it, it was terrible officiating. And don't tell me it was both ways. It wasn't both ways. Michigan was getting screwed. They were getting railroaded. They got jobbed in East Lansing, and it is the only reason that Michigan lost that game. You can tell me all you want about the second half. Yeah, Michigan offense went cold in the second half. Do you know how difficult it is? to play a game where you feel like the officiating is against you, you start questioning every single thing that you do. It's literally like the guy from Remember the Titans. And I understand it's a fictional movie based on a true story, but that's what happens in real to real athletes in real athletic competitions. If the officiating is not allowing you to do anything, you feel like you're getting a job, you're going to start questioning everything you do. And I think that's what happened to Michigan in the second half. It really is. You can't just fight through officiating every single time. It's just not how it works, especially against a top 10 team on the road. It's not going to work like that. So I'm going to stand by it. I don't care how many people tell me, oh, you can't well, play the rest. I'm, blah, going, blah, I'm blah. going to tell you no, that because Mich- this was what this game was, was a carbon copy. I know there was the foul trouble and the, the free throw discrepancy. That That's fine. And I'll get to that in a second. But this was a carbon copy of what happened at Chrysler. Michigan played well early. And then in the second half, the bottom fell out. And once they went down, they could not come back. Jordan Poole was the worst thing that probably could have happened to Michigan was the fact that he got hot early in that game. Because then you see the heat check shots, the bad attempts. Xavier Simpson didn't play well. This team doesn't shoot the basketball well. They were eight for 22 from three. Uh, You're not, and I know the foul trouble. Listen, you can say that game wasn't called well and still acknowledge that there were other errors in that game. And I'm not saying that officiating didn't play a point, but in every big game that Michigan has ever played, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's, I don't know, hockey, whatever you want to call it, and every big game they lose, it's – and I'm not putting you in this category of the people. This, you're, you just say this about this game. The fan base as a whole, which is what I take issue with, is, oh, everyone's out to get Michigan. Blame the refs. Da, 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 blame the refs. Guys, this, this team does not shoot the ball well. They are not deep. They don't have – they just don't – this is a hero ball team that does not have um, – you know, a, a Muhammad Ali Abdur Rahman, who was a very calming presence on that team last year. They don't have a calming presence. It, it's very frenetic. It's very panicky. Uh, I think when, to a certain extent, when they get uh, pushed around a little bit, I, I think that they, not that they fold, but, you know, the biggest problem with this team and, and one of my biggest takeaways, and it's something that we've seen all year, is that, and, and Chris, you said this months ago when you said you were worried about this team because they weren't blowing more people out. And I'll, I'll, I'll fall on the sword. I, I kind of poo-pooed that. 
And and it looks silly for me to do that now. But the problem with this team is that not only have they had problems finishing teams or blowing out teams or, or things like that, it's that you get up, you know, what they had a 12-point lead in the first half. You get up to that 12-point lead, and then everything becomes heat check. Let's see if this shot goes in. Let's see if this shot goes in. They don't settle down. They don't run their offense. They don't. They stand around. That's my biggest pet peeve of all of it is they stand around. The ball sticks. There is no ball movement. Like, it's okay. Like, the ref, like, listen, a 30 to 7 free throw attempt discrepancy cannot, should not happen. Uh, Even if you, like, there can't be, take the discrepancy out of it. There can't be 40 uh, 40 total free throw attempts in a game like this. Just, you have to let these guys play. I also, uh, I also want, I also want to mention that I hate that people keep telling me that Michigan shoots too many damn jump shots. And he was like, "That's what I heard from someone." They're saying Michigan, you know, settled for too many threes. That's why they didn't go to the free throw line. Michigan, Michigan State shot the exact yeah. same number of threes yeah. on Saturday. That's fine. Like they, this is the thing that kills me. After you know, five or six years ago, when people say, "Oh, this is a Michigan basketball team that." Oh, you know they're gonna live by the three or die by the three. If they don't hit their th- shots, they're not gonna they're not gonna win games. That is BS because they've been winning that the exact opposite of that for the better part of the last two two and a half years. So that old bit of oh well, if they don't hit their shots, they're not gonna win games. Um, I, I think that right that one's I tired. That That's very tired. The, the official yeah. like. I posted this from the Maze and Brew account. I think it was just after the half. It's like, this is a championship game. I know it's regular season. I know it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it maybe doesn't mean all that much. But it's a this is a championship game. This, this game is not about you, refs. It's not about you. People didn't pay. You know, tickets were going 180 bucks just to get in the door to see that game. Nobody paid to go see that. So the issue I have with Big Ten officials is not how this game played out for Michigan on Saturday. I think Big Ten officiating is some of the worst at any level of any sport that there is. It's garbage. But I'm not uh, good. And I this is an old bit too. But good teams find ways to fight through that. Good teams don't go six or seven minutes without scoring points. That is the most disturbing thing to me out of yeah, all of it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean – but but then but then so Michigan State would have done that too though Michigan State would have went that long if not longer without scoring points had they not been gifted free throws like if Michigan gets the same opportunity to go to the line as Michigan State did on Saturday night they don't go well, that long without scoring then, points here, this is the that's thing my too, point where I sort of and I, I respectfully take issue with that because this is me like this is galaxy brain me going like well if one thing happens it sets like if they don't take a free throw or a possession ends up differently. That sets off, you know, string theory and whatnot of all these different possible futures and all these different, you know, possible outcomes based on just one whistle not being blown. So, like, it, it's not – that's why I don't go like, oh, you know, if – that's why I can't – I mean, I, I would say probably eight because that was the foul you know, discrepancy, you know I mean, though, but, but I understand. Like, that's why I can't just straight up say – Oh, well, uh, you know, Michigan only had five free throws made. Michigan State had 23. That's an 18-point difference. Uh, you take that away, Michigan wins by whatever it is, six. So I can't. Right, and I get that, but Michigan dominated for the first, you know, whatever, sure. however, 18 minutes maybe before State went on a little run, but they were only in that game you know because of the I, I free no, throws and the foul no discrepancy. That. Like, that's that, the only that's reason. Fouls and the way the game was called kept Michigan State in the game. But you cannot deny that Michigan – the wheels well, They played the like shit in the second half, you, no doubt. When you go and you give them – uh, mind you, this is one of the best defensive teams in college basketball. When you give up 46 points and a half, free throws or not, that's unacceptable. It just is. So you can – I have no issues with factoring in the way that game was officiated. Did it affect them? Yeah, it did. And, and you did see there was a little bit of a change in, in body language and things like that. I, I get their kids, but this is college basketball in March. And and we'll talk about Big Ten tournament and the outlook for March and things like that. But um, this late in the year with the expectations of what was on the line, 
I expected them to be more ready to overcome adversity at this point in the year, which is what bothers me the most more than anything coming out of that game on Saturday. And Michigan State deserves all the credit in the world. This is one of the best coaching jobs that Tom Izzo has ever done. Cassius Winston uh, might has an argument for maybe being the best point guard in the country. He's been that good in both games that that they played against Michigan. He's been a difference maker. And, you know, a couple of times leaving Kenny Goins open and um, Xavier Tillman, what, what a way for that kid to step up too. Like that team deserves credit. And I'm not going to be, you know, sour grapes. And I'm not saying you guys are either, but I'm not going to be the sour grapes, you know, analyst, fan, whatever you want to call it, that just because it's Michigan State, you're going to pout and, and do all this. Like they deserve credit because they've played very well in both of those games. Uh, it's disappointing. Uh, but it is what it is. I, I feel like we haven't. I feel like we yeah, haven't we heard had, from Chris. I apologize, Chris. It's... No, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> no, dude. To, to be honest, I just like I don't really have that much to say. I don't. Uh, they. I just wish they would have played better, and that sounds really simple. But it, the, I, what bothers me the most is the you brought up body language, but yeah, the the kind of mental uh, makeup of this team just does not seem very strong. And I think last year uh, it was. And I, br- I brought this up uh, on Twitter as well, where you look at a lot of last year's games. Um, you know, both Michigan State games, they were losing for, it seemed, a large portion of those games. A couple of the tournament games they played, they were losing by a lot, including, you know, obviously Houston's the standout. But what they were down like 10 to Chicago Loyola with like 15 minutes left. Uh, you know, they, there were a lot of games last year where they were able to kind of scratch and claw their way back. And uh, Dan Dockich, I know everyone hates him, but he brought up some really good points on Saturday where he's like, last year they had Duncan Robinson who could shoot him out of it. They had Rockman who could shoot him out of it. They had uh, Mo Wagner who could who could do everything, include sh- shoot them out of it. They don't have that guy on this year's team. Well, let me and, let me ask you real quick um, about that because uh, I wanted to ask you guys that: Could Charles Matthews, when he comes back, maybe be that guy after a little reset? I I don't know, but it depends on what Charles Matthews shows up. Like like he he, he can be if West Region MVP. Charles Matthews shows up. That's a game changer. Yeah, uh, like I don't. I don't know. Because when I think shoot him out of it, I think a guy who's going to be able to make threes, and I don't. I don't look at Charles Matthews as being that guy. Um, and, and I just, I was really disappointed with. And well, this is still a fairly young team. Uh, you could be young and experienced in college basketball, meaning, you know, you could be underclassmen, but still have played in some big, meaningful games. Uh, And that's what pretty much everyone on this team has. Um, And I thought some of the guys who, by this, by the, you know, the definition of this year's fairly young team are some of the more experienced, really came up short on Saturday. Um, Isaiah Livers was awful. Um they just completely shut him down. Could not get his shot going. And look, I, I I like Jordan Poole. I think we all like Jordan Poole. He'll always be a, a part of Michigan lore. But I'm going to be honest. This year, he's been good, but he's been a bit of a disappointment. Like I, I really like. I'm going to be honest. I thought coming into this season, and, and this is be, me probably being naive and and maybe overdoing it with the expectations. But I thought that Jordan Poole would play one more year at Michigan and then go pro after this season. Like I thought he would just ta- like take that huge extra step, be an All Big Ten type of player, and go pro. And he hasn't. He uh, he's not good defensively, uh, and he just goes away for long stretches. And I. You look at Brodsdakis, who's somebody who has, at points, struggled a lot this year. But very rarely have I seen Brodsdakis not trying to create without the ball in his hands. He's constantly moving. He's trying to. He's constantly trying to get the ball. Sometimes he's a bit reckless. Sometimes he forces shots, but he's always moving. Uh, what I saw on Saturday when Brodsdakis was on the bench, and your number one guy needs to be Jordan Poole. He needs to be the scorer, and he wasn't moving. You had Simpson standing at the top of the key holding the ball, or not holding the ball, but dribbling the ball. And, and so I, I've... I, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, they lost because of him, but I think... 
uh, I think there needs to be a little bit more accountability there. We've seen a lot of improvement from a lot of guys on this team, but one of the big scorers or one of the guys that we really expected, or at least that I expected was going to be the big guy to step up and, and be the kind of the go-to scorer, which was a uh, pool has, has gone away at some really important points this year. He's played really bad in both games against Michigan state. Well, the regular season, it wraps up. It's going to conclude with Michigan being the number three seed in the Big Ten tournament, which is coming up this week. Michigan uh, not playing until Friday here in Indianapolis. But uh, let's talk about the Big Ten tournament after this on Brewcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back on Brewcast, ready to talk a little bit about the Big Ten Tournament, which is coming up here this week. It's going to be in Indy. Anthony, he's going to be down in Indy, actually. He'll have coverage for you, but it's actually... Isn't it in Chicago? Chicago? Or Chicago, wow. Yeah, I apologize. (laughs) It should be. Listen... The Big Ten tournament should always be yeah. Indy, but I, I think I got I think I got thrown off because of Dockage's tweet. I don't know if you I don't know probably if, I, I think the women's I think the yeah, women's tournament okay. Indy too. So. I got you because well I saw his it was like it's a beautiful day here in Indy like the Big Ten tournament should be here every year so that's where I got thrown a little bit but it's so it's in Chicago which now makes a whole lot more sense because we had to schedule so my radio station we like uh we we do michigan state games at one of our stations and uh the big 10 tournament i I was looking at the schedule to schedule them and on the big 10 site it's it's central time but i didn't realize it because i thought it was in indianapolis which i believe is still eastern time zone correct do you guys know Mm -hmm. yeah so i was like i think most parts of it are what's that i think most parts of it are i think there is a a part of indiana that's no, Indian, Indianapolis, I meant. I, I believe it's Eastern time zone. Yeah, so I was like, why are the games in Central time zone if it's in Indy? But if it's in Chicago, that's good. But you're taking the train uh, down to Chicago. Well, beginning on uh, Wednesday, we've got Nebraska, Rutgers, and Northwestern Illinois. But uh, looking at this Big Ten tournament, I do kind of like Michigan's draw. And actually, uh, Bart Torvik, he's got Michigan having the best odds by a decent margin to actually win the Big Ten tournament once again because that's a pretty good draw. The best team you're going to face is an Iowa team who is just not playing good basketball right now. None. Yeah, I, I, go ahead, Chris. Well, no, I mean, you're right. That's an understatement. I think Iowa... Uh, it, it not has not just is not just developing a reputation, but ha- has now the reputation of being a team that has collapsed pretty spectacularly over the last uh, couple seasons under McCaffrey. They get off to a hot start, they're ranked, and then they just fall apart. Uh, the other, I mean, Michigan has the possibility of playing three different teams in that first game. Uh, Northwestern, who I think has probably gotten worse since the beginning of the year when Michigan almost lost to them. Uh, and that was in Evanston, Illinois, who's a team that I act, I kind of liked there for a while, but has kind of stumbled down the stretch and gotten ki- got killed by Penn state in their last game. So, I mean, I, I think whoever Michigan plays in their first game, they should beat. it is March. It is the big 10 tournament. You don't know what'll happen. Um, I, so I, yeah, I, I agree. I think their draw is as good as anyone's. Uh, you look at Michigan State, who probably, as far as seeding, will have the easiest draw, but they're they're also going to have the possibility of having to play an Indiana team again, who beat them twice. So it's uh, it it lines up well for Michigan. Uh, it and 
it, with the way that they've played in this tournament the last couple of years, it really didn't doesn't matter who's on uh, the schedule. But we'll see. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big opportunity for this team. You know, there's a lot of goals that they aren't going to be able to reach. They didn't win the regular season Big Ten uh, or Big Ten championship. They aren't going to get a one seed, but this is their their an opportunity to really kind of boost their resume and get some confidence going into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, with a good showing too, you're probably looking at this team. Maybe, you know, if they go out and win it, maybe they can get back yeah. on that two seed line, which would be cool. Because uh, right now I think uh, they're kind of in that three to three to four range. Um, yeah, it's one of those things where I, I'm interested. I, I said this a few times the last few weeks where I feel like if this team is going to get going, that it'll be in one of those situations where they have to play a couple games in a couple days. Um, Cause there have been some long layoffs. I mean, before they played Michigan state, it was six days off, you know, between that and the Maryland game. Now it's another six days off before they play again. And the thing that's interesting is that, you know, they go from, if they had won at Michigan state, they were going to play at noon or, or 1230 on Friday, but now they are going to play in the last game of the night, which is probably going to be about nine, nine thirty yeah. Eastern time. And then if they win that game, they're going to have to play again at two thirty on Saturday. So uh quick turnaround there. That could, that could stink. That's, that certainly is not ideal. Um, you know, we'll see. I think the intrigue there is that I believe if they win, so there's a three seed. So if they win, uh, potentially sets up a matchup with Purdue having only seen them once this year, uh, which could be interesting. Uh, wouldn't shock me at all to see Michigan in the final. Uh, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Michigan and Michigan state in the final. It wouldn't shock me at all if Michigan state wasn't even in the final. So uh, a lot of things it wouldn't, and it wouldn't shock me at all if, you know, Michigan came out on Friday and quite frankly, nothing would shock me <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Um, I would be interested to see like if it is Iowa or, or whomever, um, if Charles Matthews would be back. I would assume so because I don't think at this point one day would make a whole lot of difference. I think I, I know that – I think the one thing about this team, and I, you know, it's it's there are good guys in that group and they're obviously coached very well. But I, I throughout the year I sort of get this – I sort of got this vibe that they felt like they were just going to be able to flip the switch at some point. And that never happened. So I'm wondering what the sense of urgency is going to be like if this group mails it in. I, I want to see, I want to see some heart from this group. I want to see some fire because, you know, regardless of how this year ends, most of them will be back next year. I think outside of uh, Charles Matthews, I mean, I wouldn't surprise me to see Brazdakis go pro, but if if he doesn't, then then it's pretty much everyone's back. So uh, at this point, I don't want to say. Um, you know, I, I don't need to see Eli Brooks out there. I'd like to see David DeJulius, Colin Castleton, uh, Brandon Johns, uh, those guys just kind of just kind of doing those things or doing the thing. Uh, maybe get them ready for the NCAA tournament. Because right now, I mean, I know that uh, the expectation to me is still that you need to play four tournament games. Like that is where my expectations for this season have not changed in that regard. But if you had to put a gun to my head right now, I feel like this is a team that maybe could get bounced in the sweet 16. I, I don't, I still think they're good enough to, to get through that first weekend, but I just want to see if there's any shot that they can get, start to get this thing rolling here. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, this, this big 10 tournament has a lot of intrigue to it. I wouldn't even be surprised to see a team like Maryland just kind of go on a little I, run. And I, I, I did. I want to, well, that's why I wanted to ask you guys. Cause obviously Michigan, the last two years, they didn't get the double by, they were an eight seed in 2017 last year, a five seed. So neither year they got the double by ended up winning. But before that looks like the lowest seed to win was number six in 2001 that was anything out of the top three seed. So who is like a team this year? You guys just mentioned Maryland. You think they're the they're the biggest chance of a dark horse to go out and win this thing amongst the teams that are going to play on Thursday night? Um, who's the four seed again? Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin yeah. is interesting to me, but obviously that doesn't fit that criteria. Let me pull up the standings here. I mean, so you got Indiana, Ohio uh, State, winner takes Michigan State. Uh, Maryland takes on Nebraska Rutgers, and they'll take on Wisconsin. Penn State takes on Minnesota, winner plays Purdue. And then Iowa takes on Northwestern Illinois, winner plays Michigan. 
You know what? You want to hear something weird? I, I wouldn't surprise me to see Minnesota make a little bit of noise. Just a little bit of noise. I, I think that they said they're playing Penn State. Yeah. I was gonna. You know, yeah, I was I, actually looking at Penn State because they've been. I feel like they've been playing better, haven't they? Like they're they're yeah. into the top forty on Ken Palm right now. Are they? Really? Really? Yeah, they're number thirty nine on Ken Palm, oh. and they're fourteen and seventeen. Yeah, so that's what that's what makes metrics so interesting to me. Uh, I don't understand how that works, but uh, like for for comparison, Minnesota's number forty six in Ken Palm. Well, it's it's a good conference too. I mean, I can't can't really downplay that either. Like this is top to bottom. I mean, even you know, for as much crap as Rutgers has gotten over the years, I think that's a program that's sort of laying in the weeds, and you know, it's still maybe a couple of years away. But I think they're they've improved. And, yeah, they're getting better. Um, Northwestern wasn't very good, but gave Michigan a fight. Nebraska, that was an interesting team to me because it seems like every, there are a lot of years recently where people come into the season going, uh-oh, watch out for uh, watch out for Nebraska. That's a team that uh, can make some noise in the Big Ten. And they're, yeah, what, the 13th seed? <laughs> yeah, like, they, they, they completely fell apart this year. Which I, I actually kind of enjoy because their fan base was absolutely just uh, – oh, it was so bad on Twitter ball. last year. They were, oh, my God. I couldn't handle them. It was just, it was too much. So it's got the way they talked about that new that new arena when it opened. You would have thought that going to play at Nebraska was like going to Cameron Indoor, or right? Something. It's like, <laughs> and also, chill, and you want to talk about disappointing? I feel like Northwestern easily the biggest disappointment of the Big Ten this year. The last season yeah, for Northwestern off, coming off them of, in Nebraska. It, it was last year they made the tournament, wasn't it? Two, two, no, years, it two ago. years ago. Okay, yeah, I just remember because uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus kid played for the team. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, God, Northwestern, Chicago's Big Ten team. Wonder what kind of crowd they're going to have there uh, this weekend. That should be interesting. By the way, so sort of off topic. So when I went to, I was in Chicago in August. Uh, saw saw a concert at Wrigley, but like the the day after, uh, kind of drove down by Lake Michigan, like over by where Northwestern's new football facility is. Holy hell, is that ever sweet? Like, I don't know how that's going to pay dividends for them. Yeah, it's this all glass building that's literally right on the beach, right on Lake Michigan. Like, through the practice field, you could, like, look out and see the lake. It looks sweet. So, I don't know how that'll work. But it's also weird, like, um, I guess there are a lot of – that was the first time I've ever been around Northwestern's, like, athletic facilities. That's kind of off the beaten path a little bit, closer to campus and things like that. Uh, the football stadium, Ryan Field, is like literally like right in the middle of a neighborhood. Like you drive, you're driving through houses, and then the football field is there, which is kind of. I guess the big house is sort of like that too, but this is even a little more insulated. It's pretty cool. I, I like. It's a cool, cool college town. I dig it. Never been, never been to Evanston. Same here. I can't really comment on it. Do no, you? Where is it? So that's uh, it's north north side of Chicago. Yeah, that's like I'm trying to remember how it probably 10 minutes north of 10 15 minutes north of Wrigleyville and all that stuff. So not too Man, bad. I I would like to would like to make it there. It, it looks cool. Stadium looks so small though, like on TV. It's very I don't know small. if it, it is felt it? like okay. it, it felt sort of like like not this is not quite to this extent, but if you ever been to a Reinerson Field uh, where Eastern Michigan plays football, I have not. Okay, it's like I sort of got that type of vibe. Obviously, it's a little bit bigger. Um, it, it looks like it looks like a big high school stadium. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like almost like it, like an it. east like an East Kentwood or something like that. It does kind of have that feel to it. Uh, it's funny too. No security around there. Like actually, uh, shout out Vaughn Vaughn Lozon. Vaughn was with me, and we literally just walked through the gates like right into the stadium. And there's just nobody, <laughs> no, no nobody around or anything. No, nope. Just walked right in. Nothing was going on. It was the middle of August, but um, that's still funny though. Like nothing was. All right, yeah. that I respect that. I was waiting for like the remember uh, from Rudy how like the groundskeeper like caught him sneaking in the stadium. I was waiting for something like that, but I'm like, oh, we're in Evanston, not South Bend. So yeah. Anthony, Anthony was looking to walk on. No, no, no. My my football playing days ended in. Well, they ended before they started, but uh, 11th, 12th grade was where I peaked. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what do we got? Michigan is going to be. So it's a late one. So you got your uh, you got your wish, Anthony. I know you're very excited to go and cover that late game <laughs> on Friday. Oh my God. By the way, before I get into that, so I just Googled it. Um, Evanston is about 14 miles north of like the heart of downtown Chicago, which I consider like Navy Pier, Shedd Aquarium, all that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, in rush hour traffic, seeing as we're recording during rush hour right now, 13, it'll take you 45 minutes to go 13 and a half miles. So gotta love Disgusting. the, uh, gotta love city traffic. I'm cool with the suburbs, but yeah. So this is how that Friday is going to go for me, which uh, looking forward to big 10 tournament because you know, not only like we should run into some decent people, hopefully pull some, you know, not just tease too much, but hopefully pull a few guests for the pod. Um, first time I've ever gone to a conference tournament or anything like that, but my train leaves Dearborn at 6:50 AM. It's going to get to Chicago around 10 30 AM Chicago time. And he, in my brain, I'm thinking, hell yeah, this is going to work out great. Michigan's going to win the Big Ten. They'll play in that first game on Friday. I'll be able to just get off the train and go right yeah. to the United Center. But uh, now I have about 10 hours to kill, and I can't check into the hotel until 3 o'clock. So uh, we'll see what kind of content I come up with out of that. I don't know. It's going to be fun though, man. What what all yeah, what are you going to be uh you going to test out to Chicago nightlife? What do we got going on I, here? What are, what are the thoughts? What are I've the plans? I've been to Chicago several times at this point. Um Well, I, I meant, you know, uh, test it out for for right, content, content, you know what wise, I'm saying? That, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm pro- I'm going to try and put together some sort of guide of like if you're a Michigan fan going to Chicago or cuz there I mean there're a ton of Michigan fans in Chicago, but I'm going to try and put together like a guide of, of things like that. There are 5 U of M Alumni Association bars in Chicago. I think I'm going to try to hit most of, if not all of those and kind of review those and um, maybe do something on that. Other than that, like I don't really, it depends on what Michigan does because if they go out and they lay an egg and lose on Friday night, uh, I think people are going to kind of check out (laughs) and I might check out. So it may just become kind of a lost weekend for me, but um We'll see. It should be cool. Would it be Would it be loss well, for you? Like, say well, they do lose yeah. Friday night, you're not going to let it well, go to waste, are you? Wise, but uh, I'll just say I might go off the grid a little bit. <laughs> is all I'm trying to say. So, um, it's it is it is going to be a fun weekend though for I, you, man. I, I, I just wish I'm it was a little. I just wish it was a little yeah, closer here, to baseball season because Wrigley Field is amazing. It's it's so good. Best. Yeah, be cool. I've never been to the United Center, so um, just to see that should be pretty neat. Um, I don't know. I'll come up. I'll come up with something. I'm still kind of working on the plan. I'm, I'm sort of, sort of gonna be one man showing all of this. So, uh, but I, I don't want to just do like game stories and things like that. I want to be able to like, I want people to be interested in what. Bring the weekend to life, man. Bring the hey, weekend to you life. Never you know, know what I'm man. saying? It's also St. Patty's Day weekend in Chicago. So um, who even knows? Wait, wait, what? When does your train come back? My that is the question to ask. At 5.50 p.m. on Sunday. So, oh boy. But again, oh boy. If Michigan's playing on Sunday. They're going to play at 2.30 Chicago time. And I might be might be cutting that a little close. Oof. Uh it's just we'll we'll play that by ear. Well, that's all I'll say about that. But um, yeah, we'll see. It should be cool. Uh, if they don't, maybe we'll get to see that river turn green and all that stuff that people always talk about. Um, never really been a huge like go out and do stuff on St. Patty's Day type of guy. But if you're there and you got nothing else to do, <laughs> we'll see. Well, we've got. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll we'll wrap up our Big Ten tournament talk. We'll pick winners. We've got a couple of football tidbits to get to when we come back after this. Back in here 
on Brewcast, where we are wrapping up our Big Ten Tournament talk. I'm Luke Yardy, along with Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. And with the Big Ten Tournament coming up here this week, well, guys, you, you know, we talked about it. We we said what we think Michigan could do, maybe gave some dark horses. Now it's just time to put it all on the line. You know, uh, who was it? Chris? Was it Chris last year that, that did pick Michigan? I think I picked Purdue last year. And uh, one of you two, it was it might have been Anthony, might have been Chris. I can't remember which one. You, one of you guys went on limb. You, you picked Michigan. And kudos to I don't even I didn't even realize that we're coming up on like a year of the three of us like doing this show, which um, this this might kind of crazy to think about in terms of like Big Ten tournament. Like it's really I think I think it it, might be like a year one year anniversary. Let's let's pop the bottles now and just call it what it is like. Happy anniversary, guys. Yeah, it's 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 been a heck of a year, you know. Looking I've, forward to another good one. We've we've grown, we've Here's matured, we've become better people for it. Maybe that's not true, but um, <laughs> it's been fun. Um, I don't remember if I picked Michigan last year to win the Big Ten tournament. I, I think I feel like I probably did. Um, I'm not confident in this. I may have been the only one of the three of us too. I, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it was only you know it was only one of them. Is only one of us, and I know for sure it was uh, not me. I will say this tournament prediction stuff last year in terms of like what Michigan would do. I was, I mean, I, I thought they would win the national title. Uh, so I came within a game of that. I, I was actually pretty hot in March. So that's to toot my own horn for something that happened a year ago. But uh, I have no idea. I have no idea what to do. Do it again, man. Here, so I can't even. Put the put the good put the good juju well, back in to. the air, man. Like there's there, there has to be good juju around them. Like. The one thing I can say about this is the strangest and in some ways might be the strangest year of the beeline era is that, you know, we'll take out that year where they went, what, like 11 and 20 or something like that. We'll take that out of the mix because that was just a lost year all around. But I feel like in most every other year, we've gone into March with some optimism or, you know, how when the brackets come out. It's always people look at their brackets, see Michigan and go, oh, you know what? I think I see a path for them to, to get to the final four. Um, I don't know if I could do that this year. It seems like every beeline team, you know, and that's on like not every beeline team. People were predicting go to the final four. But I, I just feel like that that air of optimism, that air of, oh, you know, if things break right, you never know. I, I don't I don't feel that this year. But again, it's um if you're going to ask me to pick a team who's going to win the Big Ten tournament right now, um, I know Michigan State could maybe see Indiana again, but Indiana is not going to beat them a third time. And, and I think that they are, um, they might have the most momentum of any of those teams right now uh, in this conference. So I think I'll go at Michigan State. I don't like that pick. I'm not confident about it. But uh, my gut says that Michigan State will wind up winning the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a generic pick. I think it'll be Michigan and Michigan State in the finals again. Um, in kind of a parallel to uh, the 2014 season, except flipped where Michigan swept them in the regular season and then um, Michigan State won in the Big Ten tournament. Except uh, the difference here is I, I, I just think MSU's got Michigan's number I, this year. I, I don't – I. It might be a closer game, but I think Michigan State beats Michigan a third time and uh, wins a Big Ten uh, tournament. Yeah. It will be interesting to see like if if they get Nick Ward back, how that changes things because then you're kind of messing with what I think has been a good thing right now yeah. um, in terms of how Xavier Tillman's played, how uh, you know Kenny Goins has, has played really throughout the year period, but – it, it that's an interesting aspect of it as well. So yeah, I um, well I'm gonna be I agree with you guys on the winner. I think Michigan State's gonna win. So yeah, this is a lovely Michigan podcast. All three of us picking uh, <laughs> Michigan State to win the Big Ten tournament. We're just doesn't help. We were just beaten down yeah. into submission like four. It, right, so. it might be recency right. bias, but also the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. But I don't think they beat Michigan. I actually think Michigan. Uh, there, I feel like this is a team that's kind of just demoralized right now. Uh, I, I think they get knocked off by Purdue in the semifinal, even though I think Michigan's a much better team than Purdue. I just don't think yeah, – I feel like the magic's not there. I don't even know if this Michigan team's like having a lot of fun 
playing right now. So I think Michigan's actually going to get bounced in the semis by Purdue, and I think Michigan State uh, gets some revenge on Purdue for what Purdue was able to do to them uh, down at Purdue, and I think Michigan State is your Big Ten tournament champion. It's going to be a good tournament, though, I think. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, listen, I I know it's the joke, like, oh, oh, it's a Michigan podcast. None of you picked Michigan. It's like, uh, we're just being real, like – if nothing else, you can depend on us for that. Uh, that's well, and and the thing is, like, I think Michigan is going to be just fine in the NCAA tournament. Like, they're top twenty in adjusted offense, adjusted defense. They didn't lose a single non-conference game this year, uh, and they're not going to have to deal with Big Ten officiating. I think that's going to help Michigan tenfold. <laughs> well, be careful what you wish for there. I, are are you allowed? I, I thought I thought that uh, the officiating crews like they couldn't be from the conference. I could be wrong on that though. No, I'm just saying like officiating in general oh yeah yeah it could get like could get like pac-12 officials and that might even be worse to be quite honest with you i'm actually so i'm looking at kempom right now i'm actually surprised michigan's 18th and adjusted michigan went up in adjusted offense after the state game and i believe also in adjusted defense i think they went from three to two in adjusted d as well yeah how does that work i don't get that like only ken bombery knows probably a lot of it probably has to do what teams behind them did that's true um, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I, if anyone out there can explain this to me, like I'm willing to like sit on the phone for a while and like talk this out. Cause I, maybe that's a little narrow minded of me being someone who like covers the team and runs a website. But I, once you get into the Kempom stuff and I, like I get adjusted offense, adjusted defense. And a lot of times those teams at the top are the ones that end up playing it in the end and in that regard I think Kempom does a great job but I, I just don't just don't get it like I don't I'd love to be educated on that is what I'm trying to say I just I don't know if I'm good enough at math to get educated on it to be quite honest with you like he could he could sit me down and explain it I'd be like I've got literally no idea what you're saying right now man yeah and I think basketball is an interesting interesting sport because I think in a lot of ways basketball is the most black and white sport there is in terms of what determines whether you win or lose and and things like that. Whereas baseball, there are so many factors at play football, obviously so many factors at play Um, hockey, you know, one bounce of the puck could, could determine something differently. Like uh, basketball to me, like there's always gonna be upsets and stuff, but at the end of the day, more often than not, most of the best teams are going to be there at the end. That's why people complain about the NBA. Oh, it's the same teams every year in the NBA. But like, that's just the sport that basketball is. Like, if if you had, you know, if Duke and Kentucky had their guys staying every year for two years, like, yeah, they'd probably always be there at the end. So that's just kind of the sport that it is, and that's why that's why I do like how chaotic college basketball is because there is so much turnover, and it adds a bit of unpredictability to a sport that's otherwise, you know predicated on just who's got the better team or not yeah and you know obviously in a single game tournament you are gonna get some upsets but like you said i mean the sample size for like like hockey you you know one goal could be a difference whereas because it could be like a one nothing game a two to one game anything like that whereas there's so many baskets made in basketball that like the sample size grows and it's harder for a team uh to upset someone but we see it every year which is what makes this month uh so magic but we'll we'll have to see it also real quick shout out to wofford uh number 18 ranked team uh in campbell wofford was always the team i picked in the career mode of like the college basketball video game when you had to pick a bad school and then build them up and then you know, get your next job and all that. It was always Wofford. And you turn the sliders all the way down. Um, you turn the the bench sliders all the way up. So you're never using your bench. And you're just playing slug about like 40, 4 to 40 basketball. Like, yeah, that's 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 my that's my shit right there. Which, by the way, we could see coming back. I don't know if you saw that, but they're they're looking to pass a bill. Looks like it even is even going to be like bipartisan and everything that will prevent the NCAA from preventing athletes to be able to make money off their name and likeness, and that would open the door for NCAA ba- or games to come back. Yeah, I mean, without turning this into a pay the player stuff like that's for another show and i really don't have much this is just this is just like you can sign autographs no, that's and, what i'm saying like, like 
yeah. the, the solution to all this is you don't pay them and you just let them profit off their likeness. Like that's, that's how it goes. Like, there you go. Uh, is it fair if, uh, you know, um, who's, is it fair that Donovan Peoples Jones makes more money than Jake Moody? Um, uh, in this country, it is right. If if Donovan I mean, Jones has a brand and, and Jake Moody doesn't, uh, shout out both guys. Aren't we a, have respect. Aren't them. we a capital? Aren't we a capitalistic country? Like, Last I checked, like I don't know. It's it's fair to me because you can't, you know, you can't you can't just pay people and then gut the other programs because then you lose the other programs and um, I don't know. Just I don't know. That seems like the quickest way to do it, uh, and I think that. You know, anything that makes, without going into politics, anything that's a bipartisan, anything that has bipartisan support is generally speaking a pretty good idea. So I'm all for it. And also, if 2K were to make like something similar of NBA 2K for like the NCAA, oh my, I'd lose my mind. Oh, yeah. It would be so amazing. I don't trust EA Sports because Madden is just so trash these days like to make a good football game, but if like uh, like I would trust 2K to make a good NCAA football game or something like that. Just bring it back, man. This is what I want. You'd brought you you did it to me with, with doing the Wofford thing. You know, I'm just like, "Oh, I want to go do that right now." But I can't because Oh, I did. I can't say what I want to say because of the new arrangement, but you know how well, it goes. You, you can do whatever you want if you have a PS3 and a copy of you know College Hoops 2K6 or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't have the College Hoops. I got like the NCAA football games, and I went back this summer and I played, and it was it, it was quite a bit of fun. But I actually won the Heisman with Tony Poljan, so that's how realistic that game is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody <laughs> outside of the three of us knows who that even is <laughs> but that's funny that's hey it's funny yep. i used to do that too where you turn cmu into like the boise state of the midwest and then they join the big 10 and they're kicking the hell out ohio state's coming up to mount pleasant for a saturday night tilt it's <laughs> well it's hilarious. i think that's about times. all we got for today right headed to the big 10 tournament we got ncaa tournament next week i can't wait for that i mean we're going to be breaking down michigan's road because selection sunday coming up this sunday already so uh we've got a big one coming up next week anthony's gonna have a lot of stuff uh from chicago in the big 10 tournament next week but unless you, you guys have anything to add Uh, well, well, actually, no, Anthony, no I think this would probably be a good time. To get your message out there about SoundCloud. What was my message again? Oh, yeah. Okay, so people that have listened to the show on SoundCloud, uh, I'll have to record something separate to post just to SoundCloud. But you will not be able to get us directly on SoundCloud anymore. Uh, we switched over to a new server, a new. Uh, host, if you will, nothing changes. If you have us, if we're, if you're subscribed to us on iTunes or Google Play or any of that stuff, wherever you get your podcasts, you're still going to get us. Um, but the SoundCloud only people um, are going to have to find other ways, and there are plenty of other ways. Uh, you know, the the player that we have now is through Megaphone. That'll show up on the website. Um, if basically what I'm saying is, if you get our show through the website. Nothing will change. But if you have the SoundCloud app and that's what you use to listen to us, which I don't know if there are many people for that, um, you're going to have to find other ways. But like you said, we're on Spotify, on iTunes, Google Play, all of that. Um, And if there's anywhere that you'd like to be able to access the show outside of SoundCloud, let me know um, because I I can probably set that up. But um, just a little PSA here uh, at the end of the show as we make our way to – obviously, you're going to notice – ad breaks and things like that in here now uh part of the sb nation podcasting network nothing really changes other than a couple ads here and there in the show so um hopefully you you know not, nothing changes but just want to throw that out there thank you absolutely for so uh well chris let us know where we can find you all right you can find me on twitter that's at castellani 2014 that's at c-a-s-t-e-l-l-a-n-i-2014 there you'll find the link to my youtube page as well i just posted a movie review for captain marvel you can find me on snapchat my snapchat handle is the same as my twitter and if you want to see my ugly mug on instagram you can that's chris castle 95 that's c-h-r-i-s c-a-s-t-l-e-9-5 go ahead and give me a follow on all those platforms i'd much appreciate it anthony 
Follow me on Twitter, Anthony T. Broom. Anthony T. Broom. God, slow down, kid. Um, yeah, follow my work. Uh, NFL free agency kicked into high high gear uh, on Monday. Uh, follow all all of my work and all that stuff at twenty four seven Sports. Follow the website at Maze and Brew. Uh, said I'll do everything I can to scrounge up uh, some decent content for the weekend. Well, you can find me. On Twitter, at Luke Gierdi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Brewcast show page, and uh, we're on Facebook. And always make sure you check out mazeofbrew.com. We've got great articles going for you all day, every day at mazeofbrew.com. So for Chris Castellani uh, and Anthony Brew, and I am Luke Gierdi. I am not Anthony Brew. I'm Luke Gierdi. Uh, we'll be back. Whoa. We'll be back with another episode of Brewcast next week. Follow the Big Ten Tournament. Hopefully it's a good one. We'll see you then.